Okay. Okay, welcome back to the Curious Entrepreneurs Podcast. You're here with me, Alex Hughes, and my co-host, Sam Squire. And today we've got a guest I'm here, multi-passionate entrepreneur, which I've now adopted that as a title for myself because I really like it and relate to it. We'll get into why. Um, so, um, Inga, welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me. <laughs> um, would you um, like to introduce yourself in, in, and mostly around what your current priorities are because... Being a multi-passionate entrepreneur, it might take you 10 minutes to tell us everything you're up to. Yeah. But what's your current focus and uh, why are you here? Well, my current focus is trying to make content creation more accessible for small business owners. So at the moment, my whole business is marketing. It's all it's kind of evolved to get to that point. But um, I help small businesses understand how to use marketing to absolutely phenomenally grow their businesses. Mm. And at the moment, I'm trying, as, as sort of, Web3 is coming in and everything's getting quicker, people demanding higher quality. I'm trying to find ways to make that creation process a lot more accessible for busy startup, crazy, (laughs) crazy busy entrepreneurs and small businesses. So um, I'm working with a couple of people to be able to bring that to light and just generally, I mean, I've got three businesses. So trying to also stay sane Mm -hmm. and spread my time. And not have mental breakdowns is kind of what I'm up to. Nice. Okay, I like that. Um, and you, and it's matched, uh, as you well described, the market as it is. Yeah. It's just crazy out there. Yeah. So we need that speed of movement. So you're you're building a, a machine with your business then to, yeah. to resolve that. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Oh, fascinating. Well, welcome. Oh, thanks for you. having me. Sam always kicks things off with the same question. So we'll okay. start there. And um, yeah, we look forward to hearing more about your story throughout this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what, what sparked your curiosity to begin this journey to where you are now? Right at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, we'll, 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 go, we'll go way back. Yeah, yeah. We'll hit it, we'll go <laughs> right way at the beginning, back. it yeah. was necessity. Oh, yeah. Although I've always been entrepreneurial. When I look back through my life, I was always like selling raffle tickets, putting on talent shows when I was a kid, all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, the if we go like back in stages the marketing was something I studied at uni it was something that I was sort of sidelining with while I was building other businesses and um the curiosity in that was the accessibility for people who didn't necessarily have the startup capital or the ability or the knowledge so my current marketing businesses um the curiosity came from just wanting to help people there was one moment so before that, I was a wedding planner. Before that, event planner. Before that, my cocktail bar. Before that, selling cocktails on the street. Before that, homeless. So wow. it's been a full process. Yeah. But if we go back, the reason why I'm doing what I do now is because I was sat with a... Um, I, I had some really rich wedding planning clients. Like one of them was a oil broker, and it was his daughter getting married. And I was helping them decide between duck egg blue cushions and light blue cushions... I was like, fuck my life. I'm allowed to swear, right? Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. What the fuck am I doing? I've gone from, like, selling cocktails on the street and being homeless to helping rich people choose between two different shades of blue for their wedding cushions that are going to get chucked away afterwards anyway. So at that moment, I decided that enough was enough. I had people in the industry asking me anyway how I was booking clients. So I decided to start helping people and grew what is now the three businesses from there. But it all started way, way, way back when as a necessity. I was 17, suddenly found myself homeless on the streets of Cambridge, slept rough a couple nights, but ended up in a um, young women's hostel 
mm. and you get after you get given benefits and that but after um you have to pay for rent food all that i had four pounds a week to live on but the return bus journey to college was three pounds 20 a day so i needed to make some money and uh bar other ways of making money Mm -hmm. in that kind of landscape Mm -hmm. i thought i'll sell cocktails on the street so i used to bottle up um shitty shitty long iron iced teas (laughs) i knew a guy who gave me wholesale like sell and return alcohol and um i started off selling it to the girls in my hostel and then i used to go out you know at night with it in milkshake cartons and sell long iron iced teas in milkshake cartons with no ice for 15 pounds to people who were obviously really wasted yeah but I made loads and loads of money. Oh, yeah. And then when they'd had the May balls as well, they all queue up. I used to go down the line. Even though they get a shit ton of alcohol inside, mm. I was like, do you know what you need? It's a Long Island iced tea. <laughs> While you're waiting. While you're waiting. And your friends need one too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like this. And then I just grew from there. There's so much to unpack there. Um, <laughs> interesting. So, firstly, I'm so happy you said I did some business. And through doing the business, i.e. the wedding planning and all the other stuff that you've done between the bar piece, which we'll come yeah. to in a minute, which I really want to unpack, to building your agencies. Yeah. <clears throat> because I'm a massive believer that you need to have done before you teach. Or, yes. And you need to have, have that real-life experience of your money, your risk, yeah. um, before you start selling that to other people. So how have you found transitioning from doing marketing for your products and services to um, using other people's budgets and uh, having conversations with them about how to utilise their growth budgets. Yeah. How, how have you found that? I, well, firstly, I 100% agree. It winds me up no end to see people suddenly appearing as like experts mm-hmm. and they're teaching. And then I tend to actually have a lot of clients who come through and they're like, oh, someone told it to do... I'm like, that's not, there's not one way to do things and also that's the wrong way. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Um, So I, when I started educate, like I, I, it's not just through experience. I did study, I went to uni to do business management and marketing. So I thought that would help the businesses that I already had. It didn't. Um, (laughs) But I was qualified. I know. How's your student loan? (laughs) I'm still paying it off. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. (laughs) No, laugh. I've tried for years to try and get out of that. Mm. Um, And then after that, because, you know, wedding planning bars and that seasonal, I was also working in a marketing agency who had absolutely no clue what they were doing. Um, But I didn't start off by just, I don't know, going for entrepreneurs the people that started asking me, I was very much like a, yeah, cool, let's do on a skill swap or something. Yeah. So I wanted to build up my confidence. But then also the first few contracts I got was with corporates so that I could experiment with other people's budgets without it having a massive knock-on effect. Yeah. So I thought that was the most ethical way of going about yeah. things. Um, and my tactics and, you know, what I knew worked, worked with the corporates. And so then it's just kind of trickled and grown Trickled down to entrepreneurs and growing from there. Yeah, nice. Yeah, it's, yeah, and and you've got that. Yeah, it is. It's, I don't know if you've seen the memes floating around. It's like you ever try and sell um, something for five hundred pounds to a to a micro business or a small business. It's like, what are you going to do to change my family's life? Whereas yeah. you work with a corporate client, it's like fifty grand. Yeah, no worries. Send yeah. the invoice now. You know, it's just <laughs> a lot easier to do business with bigger budgets to start with. Yeah, and then you can bring up the the profile. So no. Through that process, you've been. I mean, we met you at Ideas Fest yeah. um, with a lot of other people 
like-minded that you're all educating every day. Yeah. Like you put con- I follow you on social media. You're always putting out content to educate people every day. So you've yeah. you've made that accessible at every level through that process anyway. Oh, it's important. Yeah. Some people don't have startup budgets, but oh. owning a business changes your life. Mm. Absolutely, fundamentally. So I know that some people won't be able to access my consultancy or some of my agencies. So I think it's really important to be able to put out content that is as accessible as possible because mm. eventually those people, I know yeah. it works, so eventually they'll come and be like, actually, can you help me in a more personal level or something? Yeah. I tried that thing you said on uh, Reels and then it, it worked and now I want more. It's yeah. just as simple as, as you that. You have to right? trust yourself mm. and your own knowledge, yeah. So, okay, fine. So let's talk about life-changing because you said there, you know, being a business owner changes your life. Yes. Your life a long time ago was needed changing. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, you know, as someone, you know, as you know, my, my backstory and yeah. uh, I have complete empathy with your situation. Do you mind sharing a little bit about how you became, find, found yourself at 17 homeless? Like, yeah. what, what was the build up to that? And oh, it's just messy. How did you deal with it? I mean, there's no, like, non-messy story around that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, I won't go into specifics and yeah. details, but it's just massive family breakdown. Mm. That, um, you know, chaotic family crazy like quite self-minded people in the family and then it just happens really really quickly mm. I um and the thing is I come from a background like not I think people associate homelessness with poverty mm. but my family were quite kind of upper middle class and all the kind of stuff like we had all Ferraris in the garage but equally no food in the fridge it was that kind of a weird yeah. setup but um there was one day where I got in a massive argument with, I just had enough. Like, I'm the eldest, I've got three brothers. I was always kind of the protector of my my brothers. And one day I'd had enough and I kind of kicked back. All hell, shit hit the fan. Mm-hmm. And um, it wasn't the first time shit hit the fan, but that time I was like, no, I'm done. So I literally ran out of the house, no shoes, nothing. And that was the last time I ever went, went back to, um, that, well, that was the last time I'd ever been in the family home. And then um, I had a boyfriend at the time. His mum, he came to pick me up. In the morning, his mum was like, why are you here? What's happened? You know, covered in bruises and everything. And um, it just, the police came. It just, sometimes your life changes in an instant and you can't, I've got multiple examples. I was arrested in South Africa for illegally drug smuggling. I didn't illegally drug smuggle. (laughs) But sometimes (laughs) um, things happen. And um, you have to be able to find within you to pick yourself. I don't know, I'm waffling now, but um, yeah, it um, went on from there. So the police got involved and then I ended up in this, because um, I was under 18, but it's a weird seven, 16 to 18. You're not a kid, but you're not got responsibility of yourself. The authority. gaps around support for the age group it, is horrific. Yeah, yeah, I was doing a, a newspaper interview the other day and they were like, why was it? I was like, because that weird age, there's nothing. Mm. And then suddenly, yeah, you know, social people were like, oh, do you want to stay in? We can put you up for a couple of nights in, I don't know if you're from a like, Jimmy shelter. I was yeah, like, yeah. absolutely no way. <laughs> like, as a 70-year-old girl, no. Yeah. I'd rather stay out all night, wow. suddenly end up in the morning, crash on someone's sofa. And then, yeah, so then ended up in this um, homeless girl's shelter. And then... It kind of 
carried yeah, on so from there. But to be honest, that from that moment onwards, my life's been safe. Mm. So well, I'm very grateful so, so for it. Your phrase comes to mind: you know, when, when pressure is applied, character is revealed. Mm-hmm. You know, so that kind of sparks you into necessity. I like that necessity. There's so many, so many great entrepreneurs are born out of necessity. Mm. I think it's a wonderful trigger. You've got no choice. You've just got to get it done. Yeah, backs up against So the did you <laughs> identify then that entrepreneurial skills were what you were developing? So you started selling the cocktails. You were, you're like, right, I've got to make some money. Yeah. Were you thinking, oh, I need to become an entrepreneur? Or, no. <laughs> or do you, were you thinking, I need to make some money? So but, but, you know, I, I'm curious about... I had asked this to a previous guest, who um, Dan, who's also a multi-passionate entrepreneur, yeah. and uh, I asked the same question to him. When did you realise what you were doing was developing entrepreneurial skills, which is what you needed to survive? Oh, when I wasn't selling on the street anymore. So I turned 18, got a liquor licence, you know, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then started working in the bar that this guy had, like, offered me sell and return alcohol, and people over the bar were asking, oh, can you come to my party? Can you do all these things? And the guy who owned the bar wasn't interested. And so I made up a business card. I was like, oh, I'll do it. And uh, took it from there. At that point, I realised, right. yeah. Because then it wasn't, didn't feel like necessity anymore. Mm. At that point, I was like, yeah, I can do this. Building Let's an go asset. for it. Yeah. You're building something that's beyond yourself. Mm. Yeah. Uh, can I jump in and just, uh, like, you said about... Um, that there's moments where like you have to look within within yourself. Like in that period of time between the transition from obviously being homeless to then selling the cocktails on the streets to then um, getting that other business in when you're working at the bar. What what were you thinking within within those moments? I don't think you think. It's like chaotic. Like that time period is like a year. So it's really, right. really quickly actually. From within a week of me living in the hostel, I was selling cocktails. Wow. Because it was either, you know, prostitutes above, drug dealers opposite. So mm. I've got to pick one that mm. works. Oh, I wasn't, wasn't ever going to do those kind of things. But um, you don't think, I think. And uh, yeah, and this is why part of my long term vision is to be able to provide support and entrepreneurial accessibility for young homeless women because they're actually the most entrepreneurial people I know but it's just directed in necessity yeah, yeah. Um, mm, the language isn't the language is wrong yeah doesn't allow for the respect for those skills oh yeah and there's yeah. massive amounts of you you use what you've got so and what, how do you compare how do you compare what you learn at university to the time you were homeless in terms oh, of what, what, what value it offers <laughs> to you not to say everyone should try and be going be homeless yeah. tomorrow but you come out of university not knowing anything mm. in my in the experience. Economy, yeah. I mean, I went to Kingston, did a year of psychology. I came back and went to Anglia Ruskin and did three years business management marketing, left with a first. I did my dissertation on the viability of buying a cocktail bar because I was going to buy the cocktail bar in town because I already had this thriving business. And I also had a baby in my second year, so I was lecturing, running out, breastfeeding in the car, going back in lecturing, and wow. came out with, a f- I haven't used that degree at all. Like we were saying, three P's of marketing. That's nothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That'll get you. That'll, that'll get you money in the bank, won't it? Yeah. No. But, um, so, but so compare that to the time you spent homeless. What what did that teach you about becoming a great entrepreneur? Oh, selling skills. Yeah, you don't learn. And I I see it with people I work with actually that I employ into the business. 
they come out with great degrees, they're good at the theory of marketing, mm-hmm. but actually applying the psychology of making someone physically want to buy a product mm. is not taught. Um, it has to be learned. And I'm not saying you don't have to go be homeless or whatever, but go and like mm. stand on a street corner and sell something. You'll learn within a couple of days mm. what's going to make people pay attention. It's mm. not three P's of marketing. No, it's not, is it? <laughs> no. Mm. Oh, I like it. Okay. Um, so around, you said, you said like uh, you, you, you learn, you didn't know anything when you came out of university. Is that in a sense of like you've learned stuff and then you're, you, you like you begin to go into a, a new field and realize how much you don't know, or you literally you come out and just go, I've all got, all, got all this theory. Yeah, and I don't know how to apply it. I think I was frustrated because I'd already started the business, so I was in a different position to the people who I was at, okay. in um, my lectures with. Um, I wanted to learn how to grow my business because I already had a business, and that's why I picked that. But um, I think if I hadn't got a business already, I probably would have come out with a sense of, um, I'm not like bashing degrees. and yeah. that. I think that there is quite, like I employ apprentices and I put them through degrees because I think there's an important skill to be learned at university of having to produce work on time, mm-hmm. work with a team, um, work to one goal. And there is a need for that. Um, but personally, it didn't teach me what I wanted it to teach. Mm-hmm. I have one teacher who was like, we're going to do a branding project. He was like, I bet you can't think of a thing that's not branded. And everyone was like, oh, yeah, good point. I was like, apples. <laughs> he was like, no, they are. Braben. I was like, no, it's not brand, mate. It's yeah, a type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a seed. And he was like, oh, maybe bananas. Like, no, no, bananas are branded. <laughs> and uh, yeah. so I yeah, okay, yeah. just personally, I wasn't. It wasn't right for me, but from a selfish point of view, it gave me the time, some kind of researching, market research ability that I hadn't learned before. And also, um, again, very selfishly, it gave me grants because I got all the full grants and that, and I used those that to invest in my business, which helped me come out of uni with more money than <laughs> I'd been given. <laughs> it's interesting because it's, you know, it's, it's learning, isn't it? I mean, yeah. You know, that's, that's what we're there to do. If you want to go, if you want, I'd love to go to university now. If I if I, I I love the I love economics I'm I'm, yes. I'm obsessed yeah um, literally obsessed and if I could spend three to four years of just engrossed in one rabbit hole yeah now I've got the capacity to do so I'm not going there with the expectation that there's going to be a career at the end of it I'm going there because I want to learn about that thing and I want to go in deep with other people that are learning about the same thing that's what I'm there for mm. if that's why I was going then I'll be all in yeah. For me, the issue is where we're talking about it like it's a career option. Going to university is not yeah. a pathway to a career. No. Unless 5% of yeah. you. So doctor. Doctor. Yeah, Very exactly. vocational. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So for me, it's a case of, it's, it's that blend over, isn't it? So I think you clearly you've just alluded to you know research. You learn that. So one of our previous guests, David Brockway, who's a wonderful guy, relationship manager at uh, Former Future, <clears throat> and he talks about the study of history is a phenomenal tool to make you a great researcher. Oh, yeah. And that's a really good route into things like accountancy and, and paralegal work mm. and things like that because good researchers make good accountants, mm. right? Mm. 
So the study of I'm going to study history to, to become a good researcher. I don't think you got that foresight when you're 16. Of course though. you don't. No, of course you don't. And I think that's the 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 issue, isn't it? It's a language thing. Mm. Oh yeah, especially when the environment is doesn't make you aware of that anyway. So no. obviously, if you haven't got the consciousness to comes that realization, and why should a 16 year old <laughs> no. be thinking about? It but the, the careers, <laughs> but for you know the, the people that are there to support those people should have that awareness. Yeah, exactly. And it should yeah. be you know making people aware that's a of that. That's a systemic thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. we don't want to go deep on we that. We'll be here for a while. Yeah. But <laughs> the last question I'll ask is before we kind of move yeah, forward is cool. what's the greatest lesson you learn from that period of be of being homeless and having to so, yeah, literally. Um, as long as you've got food in the fridge and petrol in the car, you're good. Everything else, go for it. Wow. Like perspective. Yeah. And also you could die tomorrow. I know this sounds really, really <laughs> <laughs> but every from there's loads of moments in my life at which it's changed within an instant. Mm. And the point is that sometimes you absolutely have no control. So why not fucking go for it? today because tomorrow might not come or it might be different yeah. and um every day i sit and i write in my diary mm. if i was going to die today what would i have been happy with and so every day there's an opportunity to push yourself i think it also gave me th this kind of time you've got so much time in a day and so many people don't like i don't always use all the time in a day sometimes i'm feeling sick or sometimes you know some people aren't as able-bodied or they're not as um fortunate but whatever time you can pull out i'd go for it mm. that is mindset perspective, <laughs> yeah it's perspective uh, and again I, I just relate so much to this because you know i remember speaking to christine my partner who, who couldn't be here today but um we run businesses together we do everything together and when i left the corporate i remember saying to her i was like well a worst case scenario sleep on someone's couch like yeah. that's like if it all goes wrong yeah it all goes completely wrong we're going to be fine because we can eat we've got a lot of friends we're going to be fine like you need that level of perspective if you're going to start your own business because oh, it could yeah. go that way yeah yeah 100 percent. that's the reality of the situation you're still going to be alive the next day that's crazy isn't it? Okay. and if you if you hadn't have if you hadn't have gone through what you've gone through do you think you'd still have that same perspective mm. good question um yeah not but only but very like again just me because it's not the homelessness was a a um a build-up of lots of fat like historical childhood trauma yeah so it's something that i learned from the age of three that tomorrow you know mm -hmm. so i think that's very for me personally yes but then i guess if i'd had a normal I don't even was know normal? what is normal. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's very yeah. hard for to answer. Yeah. But like th I do, I've had um, times where I've had a conversation with someone when I was going through counselling and I had a massive moment in my life that happened and I yeah. defined that moment of who I am now. Yeah. And they said, actually, that's not the case. You were, you all, you, there was something, like you said, within you already that just got activated. Yeah, and that might have just been that, or it was. It was there was times in which that was used before that moment, but that moment just almost like ignited mm. that your Activate. true self. Yeah. Activate, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> level up. Yeah, but it's, it's, you're thankful for it. You you sound and you feel, and that's why I mean, I, I absolutely grab it. We were both just gravitated to you when we met you because your energy. You're thankful for that time. 
Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is and a weird thing to say for people that haven't been through it. But yeah, looking back, you're like, blimey, where I am now to where yeah. I was then, it's, you know, I'm so thankful that happened because it triggered me into activation mm. yeah. and the rest is history, which is lovely. Yeah. yeah, there's studies on, like, there has been studies on, like, if, like, be people have to write down what they've gone through and yeah. their toughest moments. And then the, the other question is, would you still go through it? And, that, and it literally the large percentage of people say yes. Okay, so let's talk tactical. So um, I had a bit of a, I'm a bit sneaky, see. Um, I know how much expertise you have and I know your experiences and we've got a lot of curious entrepreneurs that are working we're working with now that are moving into a stage of they know what their ideas are they're starting to register their businesses they're starting to you know they, we've been working a lot with them on kind of culture on mindset on their vision aligning their personal to the business mm -hmm. so a lot of what we're talking about so far has been right this this per this personal trauma in my life, this personal um, transition in my life, I've now transitioned into business. Business is the new vehicle that's going to take me into the future. Yeah, they're all like gearing. They're putting on the wheels of their vehicles now. Mm. They might not have chosen the color of the car yet, mm. um, but they are they're building. So the next stage they're about to move into is launch into market. Yeah. So. Um, Without saying it depends, because every response I ever get from a marketer when it comes to you know, how to grow your business is it depends, and rightfully so, because we're all different. There is no one way. I'm with you on that. Mm. Um, in terms of more from a trends point of view, um, specifically around social media, where do you think the underutilized opportunities are when it comes to social media for startups? Um, and more broadly, um, what are you excited about when it comes to the utilization of digital marketing for startups at the moment? Oh, high quality content. That's it. If you can do exactly what you're doing here, set up, make it look fucking amazing, mm. and everyone's going to think, wow, that's really fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, like you, you want to get Stephen Bartlett on the podcast. You yeah. look at Stephen Bartlett four years ago, it was absolutely nothing. Mm. And then one person approached him and said, can I just do your content? Because you deserve to have a high quality yeah, kind of right. following. And now he's just boomed yeah. and um all the snippets from his podcast and that and uh it is content like you for have everyone to, for everyone mm. and i'm not going to give you an it depends because yeah. you have to capture someone's attention and the best way to do that is through content and it's the only way that it is moving forwards um you know and it's like a really effective way of it takes a little bit longer um you know average lead time I say to my customers is about four to six months from someone seeing a piece of content yeah. someone actually spending money with you yeah. um, but the higher kind of and really put effort and energy into it instead of it just being a secondary thought 80% marketing should be about 80% of your yeah. business activities and so you could I mean one of the one of the girls I really admire is she's called Lucy Hitchcock she has this business called Partner in Wine she's just a fucking thermos with a brand like logo on it but she got it into Selfridges she got it into um, uh, Liberty and all this through six months of really focused high quality content creation mm. and um, there's just so many possible opportunities you just need to have a little bit of a creative head on you and not think of it as an afterthought mm. so you've got to make it a focus mm, 100%. so okay interesting I'm glad you said that <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> I completely agree on the inbound <laughs> stuff I think if you pair that with 
outbound work. So we, earlier on, we talked about sales. Yeah. You know, I, um, great saying. I can't remember the guy who said it. I just think it's funny. Uh, yeah, business about sales is just ego masturbation. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you have fantastic marketing, you know, um, fantastic content. But, you know, I'm a cash flow guy. Like, you know, I'm a big oh, yeah, entrepreneur f- first and foremost. I need to know that cash is coming in. Yeah. So from an outbound, I think paired with outbound activity. So, for instance, I love LinkedIn. LinkedIn's yeah. my platform. Like, yeah. that's my bag. I love it. And um, you know, I, I obsess over it. Don't I? <laughs> I, 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 it's, it's really interesting <laughs> because, you know, I learned how to sell through you know, one of my first businesses was a commercial cleaning company. Yeah. Right, so I had to go and you know, literally, I would go out and physically knock on doors, you know, down these business estates and whatever else. I make sure I do it when it's raining, just so they feel sorry for me, let me in the door. You know, <laughs> you'd find all these like different ways of doing things. Then I found LinkedIn. I was like, wow, now I can see who's looking at my profile. Mm. I can see, um, I can like follow people around, and they get notifications when I follow them, and they get notifications when I look at their profile, and knowing all of that. Pair in with the content piece. Yeah. If you've got that proactiveness about outreach, because it's the same, I don't, I don't doubt oh, the same yeah. with Instagram and TikTok and the other platforms, mm-hmm. you still need to outreach. Like Selfridges, they didn't just ring her up and go, oh, you know, I saw you on TikTok. There must have been a, an exchange, a sales conversation in there as well. So, like, oh, yeah. how do we, yeah. how do we, because so, I think it's quite dangerous to expect to just, you know, Quality website, quality content, yeah. and it's all just going to come to you. Fair, fair. It might do, and it will, probably will over time. But I want—I just want to know that I've got some sales coming in month one. Like, yes, <laughs> like, does that make sense? Like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, how, yeah. What's your what's your, what are your thoughts around that? Because I think oh, it is. It yeah. is. I, but if you ask me as a marketeer, what's one thing that people need to be doing? No, no, no. Quite. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. But, um, but how important is layering that on with sales? Oh, God, so important. I work with influencers who can't sell for shit. Yeah, all right. And their content looks really, really good. But then oh, equally, okay. I work with small business owners who have got great quality content, maybe like 100 followers, and they're absolutely killing it. Really? Yeah, because it does. It's important. If you're growing Engagement. a business, yeah. you have to hook people in. But then you you do, of course, have to make the sale. Grab it. There's that so, thing, actually, around uh, having 100 real quality Yes, followers yeah. is worth more than having a thousand or ten. Well, that's why I, w- I always yeah. say I, d- I don't want. I literally don't want hundreds of thousands of followers. Yeah. It would drive me nuts. That's what I, I say I'm to people. Just like a few. Yeah, <laughs> it would drive me nuts. I don't. I don't look at likes. Don't care about it. Mm. All I care about is my balance sheet, and my P and L. Yeah, that's what I care. But about. You have to think about your followers as real people, yeah. and I think that's yeah. what a lot of people forget. Mm. Like you can attract in, and if you're marketing focus on the content to attract them in but I like to think about it like a theatre like you have you're on the stage and you have I don't know it might be 100 it might be 5,000 it might be a million people watching you if they're not paying attention to you you're not growing a business Mm. so you have to find ways after you've attracted them in of engaging them in what you're doing making sure that they're constantly paying attention and a lot of that does come from content in various different levels of educational entertainment um inspirational um but you do have to also Mm. and i say this to my clients you have to go around your theater tapping them on the shoulder reminding you that you've got something to sell Mm. and a lot of people again will forget that but then it's it's all the wearing all hats type thing isn't it the many hats yeah that's cool can i jump in when you're speaking about that suddenly this question came in my head so 
with what with the knowledge you know now around marketing what would you say to your 17 year old self selling cocktails mm. oh good question uh i don't do you know what? i know it's gonna sound really egotistical but keep doing what you're doing because when i went from um selling cocktails to starting up the mobile cocktail bar and then um building the events and wedding industry I used to get all my high paying profiles profile clients by seeing like a new follower who are you let's go see who you are let's go see what you're interacting with and I do dig deep similar to Alex about yeah who they are and then I'll (laughs) like I'll notice that they like dogs so then but I also know they're watching my stories so for a couple of weeks I'll do some stuff around dogs until they talk to me in the DMs and then hook them in that way. Ooh. So but when I was 17 we were one of the first colleges in the UK to get Facebook and I'm not that old but it's moved on really quickly so mm. it was social media wasn't massive when I was 17 um and but it grew and as it grew I like hooked onto the opportunities with the business but um mm. I guess it's still the same I probably would have um done some more snazzy flaring i don't know like <laughs> <laughs> i love that but you, you you're talking about you're talking about fundamentally through all of this you're talking about the understanding of humans yeah it's a psychology piece yeah really yeah, yeah so you've got two sides of things there's there's understanding your audience so there's a, some really good advice around understanding your audience and we'll unpack that in a second and then you've got the risk taking on just consistently putting content out there yeah. like just made the commitment. So yes, quality's got to be better, 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 better. And you always will try and make it better. Hence why I built this studio now. Yeah. It started with just you know, me you know, on my phone, yeah. making that commitment two, three years ago. Actually looked like I was reading the news half the time. If I, <laughs> if you, I'll have to find it at some point and put the YouTube video out. The first ever video I put out, honestly. <laughs> oh, I think I've seen that. And I was li- like yeah. 10 minutes of me just like, <laughs> and I put the script like underneath, so I scripted it and everything. It's I awful. think I've actually seen that. Anyway, anyway, I don't want to talk about <laughs> it. It's traumatic. Um, now I just don't care. You just it's mm. about constantly just churning out the content. It's about creating a habit. So audience, let's let's focus on that because I think that's some really great advice to be unpacked around understanding your audience. Because I think it's one. I, I talk about know your Roger. I call it know your Roger. I want to know who they are. I want to yeah. look them in the eyes. I want to imagine what they're thinking about and what music they're listening to and you know how deep I go on this yeah. subject. So what advice would you give to uh, curious entrepreneurs that are looking to kind of build that persona or start to really understand the target mm. market? You have to have a muse. So mm. lots of people talk, yeah, target market, ideal client, yeah. avatar, blah, blah, blah. I always say you have to have a single person and even print off a picture of them, yeah. like have them stuck right there. So there was a time when... Um, I was working with a few corporates and I was doing some social media management, like four people to test out stuff, but um, had, you know, seven different clients. They all have different people that they want to attract. So one of them in particular was like a um, estate agent developer in Cambridge. And I was like, I know exactly who their person is. They're going to be a white man mm. who's like 50 to 60, who's got a lot of money and or the female who's picking the house. So I picked out just random Google picture of the type of person. And then when I would read back the content, 
I read it back in an accent that I think that they, <laughs> wow. so that I could get in the brain of the person reading it because it's not ever about what you're trying to push. It's about what they're wow. going to pay attention to. And um, you just have to have a muse. Like another time I wanted to work with some, um, I wanted to do a bit in hospitality this is when I was experimenting around. So I decided I wanted to work with um, Michelin chefs and there was a particular one that I wanted to work with. And so I was like, right, him. I'm going to make all my content around the things that he's irritated by, struggling with. And I used to work with chefs because I did a bit in hospitality and I know the mindset of a chef is not the same mindset as a developer. No. And so I dropped him a DM. I was like, that steak looks like a fucking piece, of, like a shoe. <laughs> you should know better. You're a Michelin chef. And he was like, all right then. Well, I knew that that would get a reaction a from a Michelin yeah, chef. Because yeah, yeah. that's the kind of thing they, they like react challenge, to. They like challenge, right? Yes. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so you have to really, that's why I say amuse. And then when I did weddings, I had uh, my sister-in-law. I was like, yeah, she's the type of person that would spend, drop a bomb on a wedding. So yeah. I always say, like, one, try and just do one person. Have a picture of them on your computer. Talk at them. Imagine they're across the table from you. Because your best content's going to come out when you talk to one person and you attract the people around them. But then again, with my clients, I'm like, if even better, if you can have one person that you know, you'd absolutely love to score as a client. And then once you do move on to the next person, who's yeah. the next muse? Who's the, who's the one up above them? Nice. It's like a game. It's like a pathway. Yeah, it's, it's the game of life. It's the game of life. It's good. Cause it comes, it all comes back down to, again, it's understanding your audience. Yeah. Obsessing over them. Yeah. Um, on a daily basis sometimes. Um, and always adjusting. I think it's hard, I think, when you first start out to know who that, where to start with that. But that's why the research part comes in. Mm -hmm. Talk to people. We talk about a five-yard rule. How important is it to share your ideas with other people? Oh, yeah. Like, people have to hold on to it. Like, it's, no one cares, man. Mm. Mr. Pitch. Like, Mr. Pitch. <laughs> we, we have a badge. Uh, so one of... <laughs> So we have Mr. So Sam, bless him. Um, not this Sam. We have a young guy, Mr. Pitch. We call him. Yeah. He hasn't got a business, but yeah. he loves pitching. <laughs> so when he was doing his work experience here, he'd turn up with business cards. Yeah, he? He's like, he got like three or four business cards. Alex, I got three. I said, "What did you sell him?" He said, "Well, I sold him all sorts of yeah. stuff, but I don't have anything." Yeah. He just loves pitching. Yeah. But Ignite when he came in and we done literally it's called Pitch Perfect. Linking to obviously we met you through Danny. Wallace. Yeah, so Danny's content we were using. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I done a bit on around beliefs. Then Alex was like, "Right, this is how you structure a pitch." And then we done Dan Danny's kindly giving us free access to uh, yeah. public mm. speaking stuff, and then yeah. we done that. Literally the perfect. We didn't even realize yeah. how many people be there. It was like a dragon boat thing across the like road, an event oh, over the and way. we yeah. just went and we just got a bit of food. And we just like, pitch, and then you got like four, how many leads? Yeah, like five, you got to five ten. leads, leads. <laughs> like social media marketing, also you probably sell them to you. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. You want to hire someone? I'll tell it's you. So good. But you know, it, it's it's that. Yeah, you've got to practice that thing. Yeah. You've got to go pitch it, and you'll find out then. You'll shape that muse. I like that muse. I'm going to use that. Um, <laughs> you know, you, through speaking to people yeah. because you're not going to, you won't know if you're, if you're 18 no. years old, if I'd asked you at 18, who's your target market? Oh no, I wouldn't even know what the words know. mean. Yeah, who's got money? Anyone but, who's got yeah. money? Give me your money. You yeah. know? <laughs> so yeah. I think it's important that you, yeah, you've got to test and learn that, which is, even which is marketing. Even if that news is you four months ago. Yes. Sometimes it can be well, that you've comes solved out a, a lot. problem for yourself. Yeah, hundred percent. How many times? Yeah, that's what I'm doing. You did. <laughs> you did the same. What? And a few of the others did on the Saturday when we were going through target market. 
I was listening to them all. They're really all off, you know, they're, they're this age, they're this. And I was like, yeah. you just described yourself. Yeah. You just yeah, described yeah, yourself. Yeah, you yeah. just, and that's fine, right? Yeah. That's cool. Well, that's it can easy. be. What yeah. I'm trying to develop with the homelessness is for me when I was 17. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's. Well, yeah, same with curious entrepreneurs. Your pain becomes your purpose, 100%. Like, yeah. through, through your pain, like, you, that gives you your purpose to, to, to help your old self when you're in a position mm. to do that. I was thinking, like, mm. when we were just speaking about, that type of around the pitching, I think with this generation, probably, so I'm 22, so I'd say people maybe three to four years um, younger than me. I mean, you're I've, getting on to it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I feel like, I think that because they're the generation that's grown up with the whole shebang, with yeah. like pure, pure kind of Instagram, pure yeah. stuff 12 like that. 12 hours a day on the phone. I think yeah. that their problem is going to be not the... Co- the good content creation because I've naturally. seen it. It's yeah, going to be that. It's going to be the pitching. It's going to be having the confidence to go out, like you said, mm. in the street and pitch. But it's flipping because all of these young people who know how to content create, they know how important it is. Mm. They know, like, just get going, make it look good. Um, they know all the problems of the older generations who can't see past their nose of, you know, uh, I'll just do a. Put up a picture. I'll put up a fucking Facebook. branding or picture Facebook. of me like oh three years God. ago yeah. and write a caption and that'll be good. That'll yeah. get me sales. It doesn't work, does it? Well, I think no. it's, that, that's, that, that's what we so need. We almost need like the yin and the, yin yeah. and the yang. We need the old to teach like this is like the real actionable steps and there's the young to like, right, this is how you really create good content. Yeah, but I they know really the problems cool. that are coming and the older entrepreneurs and business owners don't. Yeah. Maybe we should create an event of that. That would be pretty cool. Well, I mean, I just, I think inevitably from engaging with, you know, businesses as I have for so many for years, they just outsource to brilliant agencies like this, yeah. <laughs> quite frankly. And, <laughs> and then, then I and then you employ the young people, I think, <laughs> you know, because it's just a battle that you won't win. And I, don't, yeah. you know, I just don't think some of the older generations, some will, yeah. but actually they're better off just outsource it at that point, you know. It's just yeah. like, <laughs> or employ but then the it creates up, opportunities for businesses. Exactly. And that's good because, mm. you know, focus on making your widget. Or, yeah. you know, whatever you're doing as a business, mm-hmm. actually, if that's not, I believe everyone should be a media company. I think every business needs to become a media company in yeah. some form, um, should have that level of focus. I was actually, I was having a conversation with someone the other day, they, they do about six million a year, construction firm, um, speaking of their leadership team, spent an hour with them. And then at the end of the meeting, I said, just question, like, we haven't spoke about marketing at all today. I'm not there to sell them or anything like that. It was it was around recruitment. Um, who does mar- like who is focused on marketing within this company? Not one role, not one single role. Like, well, you know, Janice over, you know, who does the invoicing and payroll. She does the, the Facebook page. I'm like, what the hell? Because when nice. the problem you have is when the market flips, which we're you know we're about to go into a very weird period yeah. time in the market. Those that really know this stuff and embrace this are going to. Yeah. Fly yeah. and the cream, you know, rises to the top because yeah. recruitment is a marketing thing. Mm. I've got a question. I'd like to finish on a question around that. And I, I've got a question. Got, <laughs> right, you, go, you go, and I'll finish on it. I'll finish it. Sorry, you're curious now. Okay, you? I've got two questions. Oh, go on, <laughs> I, I'm going to do what everyone does. Right, what's the biggest marketing mistake you've ever made? <laughs> um, being a bit too cocky. Right, okay. So there is that's something that you have to learn the balance between. Um, showing, revealing someone's pain to them so that you can sell them something because that's what marketing is. It's either right, pain-driven okay. or possibility-driven. Mm-hmm. Um, 
revealing it to them but not partnering the solution quick enough. So you end up well, making so. someone sit in the problem too ah, long okay. and then they can't see the solution or they go somewhere else for the solution because you haven't communicated it well. Right. So that is a bit of a bit of cockiness around there, I think, being like, yeah, you've got this massive problem. Like, it's big. Like, think of all the possibilities that could come and then not being quick enough. Nice. But that's something you have to learn. Nice. And then last one would be, if you could only pick one person in the world, who would be your dream client? Mm. Oh, my God. <laughs> Very curious. That's really hard. Well, do you know what? There are some people that I think need a better platform. Can so, I pick one person? Like Karen Brady. Oh, yeah. yeah she's like, a powerhouse. Absolute. But then Amazing. when you look at all of her power marketing, right. no. shit. No. And it doesn't, it's kind of like, I want to create portfolios for those people. So they, other people are like, wow. Like Stephen yeah. Bartlett, like, yeah. until he created a massive kind of marketing machine of content and high quality content, no one gave him time of day and there's loads of people like that like chris kenner as well he was at ideas fest yeah. mm -hmm. and you look he's amazing doing amazing things you look him up you're like this doesn't like, add up so mm -hmm. yeah but karen brady, karen brady. Amazing. you could do so many so much like creative stuff with like the whole Let's follow her around oh, and, karen. and with and karen and and her message and how how bold and inspirational she is as an individual yeah, yeah. you you could just extract so much yeah. from you just hang around with her, her for a day and yeah. you get enough content. Her Stephen Violet story is nuts. Like oh, 23 no. years old, managing. Um, yeah, the football it was Portsmouth. Was it Portsmouth? I forgot it was. Um, no, it was uh, West Ham. It was nuts. Well, she was the youngest. She was, yeah. she was the youngest chief. Yeah, she was chief nuts. exec at uh, West Ham. Yeah. Which was crazy. And she nuts. walked into the boardroom and they said, um, the ladies are. Yes, I heard there. it. Yeah. Um, and she was like, well, no, I'm your boss. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I love that. Christine listened to me. Christi so Christine is is the CEO of Shift Mentum, uh, my partner, and she's a massive fan of, of Karen Brady. Yeah. Um, maybe we'd get her on a pod. Yeah. Another one. And then we'll pitch, <laughs> we'll pitch her for you. We'll <laughs> <laughs> work together on this. <laughs> so I've got a question about uh, more specifically to industry around recruitment. Hmm. Right now, you know, vacancies through the roof in yeah. every industry. I mean, you know, manufacturing alone, 60,000 vacancies. Mm. Hospitality, I mean, you've oh, only got yeah, to go, yeah. try and go for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> it takes you ages because they can't get the, the staff. Mm. I see that uh, as a, a marketing issue. I see there, there's a problem there that they, they could be resolved because you've got 6 million mm. people in the UK that are currently inactive economically. Yeah. They need activating. Yeah. What could we, what we, just off the top of your brain, um, what do you think we could be doing as an industry or as a society and community to activate those younger people into industry that, are, that don't want to go work? They're not not down, they're not job seekers. Yeah, they're just economically inactive. How could we use content to inspire people to get into work? Well, they want to know about the lifestyle. Nobody cares about the price really anymore. Yeah. Like they'll work part time as long as they can travel half of it. Mm. So you need to get. It is a marketing issue. You need to be talking about like I said the pain and the possibilities like the possibilities of working here are endless like your life how can we tell people that we are going to enhance their life that they're not just going to be laboring for us mm. and uh that's again I think that's a shift in different generations of like this kind of boomer generation that was all very like mm. sitting at desks led <laughs> 
and yeah exactly <laughs> and everyone coming through and with the lockdown everyone's kind of re- realizing that's not what they want they want their own personal development before they die so if you can you know hospitality is great for work-life balance really mm. when you look at it like you work evenings weekends you make shit ton of tips yeah. and then you can go and like browse the coffee shops all day if you want to so I think we need to focus on that but I think a lot of recruit because I have a lot of recruitment people that I know they still focus too much on the wage yeah yeah now now my generation are scrolling through TikTok looking at all these amazing places to visit and that's where they're focusing their energy on and like right how can you like literally hit now on the head how can you fuel Mm. my lifestyle how do we enable how do we enable humans Mm. yeah nice Okay, and to finish then, what one piece of advice would you give to one of to our young, curious entrepreneurs that are going into this journey um, you know, from different backgrounds? Yeah. yeah. Everyone's from different backgrounds, have a different frame of reference, but uh, what, what one piece of advice would you offer to, to a young, curious entrepreneur? Uh, try to fail. Push yourself so hard that you feel like you're on the edge of failure, and then that's where the growth is. Power finish. nugget. That's a power Seriously nugget. Seriously, been one of my favourites. So yeah, far amazing. Yes. Uh, thank you so much. And and um, so, uh, if people were to want to follow your content, yeah, um, where can they follow you? Oh, Instagram. I'm not good on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, you are. You're Insta. I noticed that. Yeah. yeah. What's what's your Insta? It's Inga dot Hunter. So it's said like Min, Minga without the M, <laughs> but it's spelt Minge without the M. <laughs> That is marketing, <laughs> Diamond. Don't forget it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Nice. Bless you. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. Thanks for having yeah. me. It's been yeah, really no, good. I, well, just sharing your story, I think it's just really courageous and, and being so honest, I, I think it's just made this episode so amazing. So thank you. Cool. Awesome. But yeah, nice. if you... um, oh, if you, Oh, that's a blooper. Uh, no, we won't cut. That's a blooper. Oh, man, I uh, if you want to, um, obviously, <laughs> if you enjoyed the episode, uh, please give us a subscription uh, on Spotify, Apple, uh, Apple Music as well, and um, leave a review. And obviously, share it with a friend if it adds value, because um, we're hitting the podcast charts ASAP, Rocky. See you soon. Nice. <laughs> now I can get up. Thanks, mate.